Welcome back. That's Michael Kutza talking. Uh, he is also the author of Starstruck, How I Magically Transformed Chicago into Hollywood. For more than 50 years, uh, he did that by founding the Chicago International Film Festival. I have kept Kathleen uh, Rooney here in order to tell Michael, uh, in the small world in which we live, what her now-finished next novel is about. Kathleen, tell Michael. Yes, it's coming out a year from now. It's called From Dust to Stardust, and it is based on the life of Colleen Moore. My Colleen Moore? My Colleen Moore. She's (laughs) She's my mother. (laughs) She's fantastic. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's about her, her life, the fairy castle that's at the Museum of Science and Industry. She's a wonderful lady. She she changed my life. Yeah. I never had the pleasure of meeting her, but I can't wait to get your book and read all about what you say about her. You certainly will. Well, she is a a seminal figure in the book, along with with so many others, Michael. Irv Cups in it. And you know all the people. I do. I mean, the the overlap is unbelievable. The best part about this kind of book is all my people are dead. Most of them. Well, I don't expect too many lawsuits out of this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, all, and I've written about so many of them, I'm, and, and also wrote the obituaries of so many of them. That's the oh. thing, Michael. You uh, and Kathleen, if you want to hang around and, and ask questions too, you know, much of of what I learned in the book, I didn't know that you grew up on the west side of Chicago right. in a family. Almost everybody in your family was a doctor. Everyone's a doctor. Aunt, mother, father, aunt, uncle, cousins are all doctors. But you were, you so, were. So, uh, what do you think I was supposed to be? So, I studied to be a doctor. Of course. You have no choice. You know? Yeah. But you also exhibited your showman instincts at a very young age, didn't you? Yeah, I started making movies when I was about eight years old because my mom used to carry a camera, a movie camera with her all the time on her doctor trips. Her lady, lady doctors were unusual back in those no years. No question. So she's traveling the world with a camera. She's a big lady. So she has a 16 millimeter camera, which is quite heavy. Yeah. And she keeps it in her pocket, and she makes all these movies from different countries. She brings it back, and she says, make this into a movie. The ladies are coming over Sunday. They're all lady doctors, of course. I said, okay. And I start making a movie, and the special effects, adding sound, making fun. I'm making movies, and that sort of got me hooked, and I would have made a great doctor, I think. Everybody, all these women say I have a great be- bedside manner, well, but whatever in, that means. But <laughs> whatever that means. But also, <laughs> you... You have been one of the most important cultural figures in this city for more than half a century. And I think sometimes people don't realize. I think this book will go a long way to help them realize. You know, our mutual friend John Himmel certainly knows. Absolutely. And many other people certainly know that. But I also love the fact that you are such... Your life is wound through the history of Chicago. As a young man, I think you got seduced by show business in a way by going. What, what were you doing as a kid going to the Shea Parade? My mother, to get to get me out of her hair, she sent me to the Shea. As a, once again, a kid, I must have been twelve years old. Yeah, one of her lady patients, I believe, was involved with one of the guys that ran the place. Ran the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I have no question with this lovely lady. And so I'm like a sidekick with her. And then I'm meeting Jimmy Durante and, and so- Sophie Tucker I kept meeting. And I didn't understand her jokes. I didn't understand what on earth the double entendres. I didn't know until you're later. You're 12. Yeah, you're 12. Yeah. I didn't know she talked like Mae West, except dirtier. <laughs> and then Martin and Lewis and on and on and on. And I'd be at the Shea all the time. 
And, um, of course, you get hooked once you see these showgirls. And at that time, I didn't know that Marilyn Miglin was one of the girls, one of the, the shape right. of yeah, Sure, sure. As was, uh, I think, Bobby Goldblatt. I think. But, but what I love about Marilyn is, Marilyn, she claims she, well, we'll never know how old she was, but she kept claiming she was a shapery. When she was 15, I said, you couldn't be. You can't be dancing at 17 in a nightclub. Well, maybe I was 17. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. One of, and, and it was just nice to read about him again because, you know, people forget. Do you remember Jack Hagen? Absolutely. From the lounge, and it was so well, cool. Well, you know what I also remember? I remember that one of the great Elaine May and Mike Nichols routines was about a disc jockey named Jack Ego. That's it, very good. Yeah, very it was good. Mike doing it, and Elaine was playing. I, I, this is. I, I thought I would have Alzheimer's by this age, but Mike Elaine May was playing. It's, it's still time. A right? star. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> Elaine May was playing in this famous, famous sketch, uh, a, a starlet named Barbara Musk. That's what I remember. Mm. But well, Jack, interesting. I, so I listened to Jack on, on the. I see him at the club. And I was just a kid, and I listened to him at home on the radio before I went to sleep as a kid. Who would have thought, years later, I'd be bringing these movie stars mm-hmm. to his stupid show, you know? Mm-hmm. And not stupid, it was important. And I remember once I had Ruby Keeler, the dancer, at on the show, and, and he was in love. Um, Jack was enamored with Al Jolson. That was one of her husbands. And on and on and on and on. And she, she said to him, if you loved him so much, why didn't you marry him? Because <laughs> she was already finished with him. Let's talk for a time, and you yes. do in the book. And again, the book is called Starstruck, How I Magically Transformed Chicago <laughs> into Hollywood for more than 50 years as the, as the impresario behind the Chicago International Film Festival, which, if I'm not wrong is the oldest international film festival in North America. It's the yes. oldest competitive one in, in North America. That's very true. Wow. Yeah. What compelled yeah. you, um, before I get to Irv Cups in it, what, what compelled you to start it? And there is no chance, Michael Kutza, that you could think at that time that, well, 50 years later I'll be uh, talking about it on the radio. Well, it, that, that part's definitely true. Yeah. Uh, but once I started making these movies for my mother... Uh, and the family and the doctors and all this, I got hooked and started making little movies. And then, um, you know, what are you going to do with them? I tried to get them shown in theaters in Chicago, but they weren't interested. So I started learning about international film festivals, and I sent my little short films to Mm. Poland or Ireland or France, and I got a prize in France. I thought, okay, I'm hooked. And then, you know, I started making little movies, and my dad would say, well, this is just a phase you're going through, right? Because you're going to become a doctor, I said, yes, Dad. So then I got together some friends, and um, they're all gone now, unfortunately. We said, let's put together this a film. Let's, let's show Chicago what they're missing, and let's put this international film festival together. So I started showing my little film around, and I, I did a party at the Ambassador West. Mm-hmm. And I invited all the press. I said, why not? I, sure. I nothing, nothing to lose. Right. And Cup was there, and I said, I want to do this this festival. And he looked at the movie. He said, okay, if you're serious about this, I have a person you should meet. She's a widow now. She, in fact, she's been a widow too long, and she needs someone like you to snap her out of it. And that was Colleen Moore. At that time, Colleen Moore Hargrave. Right. And um, I met this, this silent film star, uh, actress, 
Yeah, did th- you, 1320 did, North State Parkway. Did you know who she was? Not at all. Not at all. I'm, I, I, you just I, trusted Cup. And, absolutely. Yeah. And then I met her. It was, like, it was just like suddenly we hit it off. And um, she thought I was cute. I bet. You, <laughs> you were know? cute. You are cute. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Rick, you're married, I'm sure. What? Um, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old, Michael. I'm old. I'm old. So Colleen changed my life. And, of course, I had to tell my mother, I have a new mother, right? Now, that's easy. Yeah. That's easy to tell her, right? Yeah. I have a second mother who's uh, taken over my life. Did they? Did your parents, during this early flirtation with film, think, well, eventually he'll go back and become Absolutely. a doctor? I've I, I lied to them, of course. I'm going to be a doctor. I went to pre-med. I got thrown out a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> because and, even at Loyola, I didn't want to study to be the doctor. I wanted, I wanted to put on the musical shows. I put on the shows at Loyola instead. I had to find every excuse not to study to be the doctor. I think you're getting uh, the sense, ladies and gentlemen, about uh, how lively, lively the life of Michael Kutza. Uh, it is. It is. A, it is a strange life because you know I spent six months in the old days looking for the films, traveling yeah. all over the world. I'd usually take an assistant with me. We'd, we'd go to film institutes and film festivals. We'd find the great films, bring them back to Chicago. And once they're all in place, it then became my job to take care of the guests we invited in. Of course. And, well, I didn't realize I was going to get stuck with the directors and the stars and all. And that was then, then became my job because the festival crew, they ran the festival. And I am now stuck with prima donnas, divas, nice people. Usually, yeah. Some one of the one of the one of the great things about this book, Michael, is you are very very honest in your appraisal of uh, people, some of whom are and were great friends of yours, and yes. some of whom you didn't like. Uh, that's the world in which you lived. But you're very. I mean, I I was I was struck by how honest you are about it all. I, that's the kind of guy I am, I guess. Uh, I mean. But it's hard sometimes wait, when you Let's say, if, okay, everyone considers Faye Dunaway as a completely impossible person to deal with. <laughs> she's not. She's lonely. She's lonely. She's a star. She's got an Oscar. She has no one to talk to. So she calls me at 3 in the morning. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. things like that. If you get to know them well enough, you realize they're just regular kind of people. And they, they, they have these terrible agents or handlers that only know one thing, and that is No. Yeah, right, no. right. But if you get to the person, it's yes. And I, I realized something with Tom Cruise, who turned out to be a pretty good friend. Tom had to be controlled by, by his agents because he, he's the good guy who will always say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. You come up and say, well, I want you to come talk to my kids at high school. I'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. Someone has to stop him, wow, you see. So the agents really control him because he'll, he'll, he's a good guy. He'll say yes. Yeah. And... Chicago, in its way, was uh, in large part because of the International Film Festival. This is an easy town to get starstruck, is it not? I mean, we. Well, you, no, Chicago is star starved. Well, that's and it, what I as always a result, used to say. They're star starved. Yeah. And when these stars would come in, that yeah. is one thing that just elevated the film festival. Exactly. And they, they wanted to come here even from the very first time. Colleen helped, of course, because she had all her old-time friends. But they wanted to come to Chicago because they, th- there were three things they wanted. They knew about Chicago. Al Capone. Al Capone, yeah, sure. Mayor Daly. And the architecture. Mm. And, I, and, yeah, they, they still talk about Al Capone. Yeah, I, no, no kidding. They still talk about the architecture, too, but they don't talk. And this wonderful story in the book, I don't know if you read it, but was Shelley Winters one? Yes. 
Yes. When she well, not the sex part, but right. the, the other part. She, we had her at the Chicago Theater. She was she we had a film in the festival, so we had her on stage being honored. And Mayor Daly was there. Mayor Richard M. Daly, M. Daly. handing out keys to the city and all that. And she, Shelley's on stage. She's an older woman now, and she looks at him and she says, "God, you look so great. I haven't seen you in years." Give me the name of your doctor. She thought it was old man Daly that she knew years ago. <laughs> that, you're just hearing her. Michael's going to be on all the way till 630. Uh, stories from Starstruck, how I magically transformed Chicago into Hollywood. For I know it's a long title. I know. Years. It's not, but it tells people it tells people the man behind. We'll talk about Victor Skrubneski. We'll talk about Siskel and Ebert. We'll talk about the changing nature of the film business so please stay tuned he is enamored with uh, kathleen rooney of uh because kathleen's book is a next novel is about colleen moore uh so please stay tuned michael coots and i are talking about the thousands of stars and of s- screen and local stars who appear in his uh Wonderful book, an incredibly lively book, Starstruck, How I Magically Transformed Chicago into Hollywood for More Than 50 Years. I suppose years. it's, you, would you call it a memoir? Yeah. I guess it, it, it is. It, it is, it is a memoir. It's story, I guess. But it, it's, the other thing, it's, it's quite, 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 quite a life. I, <laughs> name a star, and he's in here. Uh, talk to me for a second about he when or you, she are in he there. He or she, exactly. <laughs> uh when you started the film festival in the early 60s, there were basically no reputable uh, movie critics here. And you lived to see the birth of what I will ever argue were the two most influential critics in the history of movie criticism. And, and when I started, the film critics would be called Sam Lesner. Right, at right? the Daily News. Lesner. Mm-hmm. The, your Tribune had... May Tenay, which is a fictitious name, but exactly. a, cool, a cool idea. Yeah, and well, God, that was it. That wasn't was it. it. That was that was. Because Richard li- Christensen didn't do films. No, he didn't. Do I films. got Claudia Cassie to do films later. Wow, good old Claudia, the most famous theater critic in the history Absol- of this town. Absolutely. Uh, but no, that we didn't have that, and also we didn't have other festivals. So this was this thing was you know this this focal point in in, in maybe Chicago, but. Films and stars wanted to come here. Yeah. We had no competition. Yep, yep. And they enjoyed Chicago. As you said just before, they enjoyed. They wanted to see the they architecture. Did, but but, but who, know, who knew that the requests I would get from them? I mean, uh, and the book is laid out like a movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. So this is My Life as a Movie, really. That was the original title, My Life as a Movie. That's not a bad title. Not a bad, so I'll save that for the next one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, because you... you know, so the chapters are laid out as, as film titles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you go to West Side Story, you'll get my story from the West Side. If you go to, sorry, wrong number, that means the request you asked me about sex or whatever, I mm-hmm. would, well, then you have to read the book. I refuse yeah. to talk about sex on the radio. Uh, wise move, especially on this radio station. <laughs> uh, was it difficult, Victor, was it, I mean, uh, uh, Michael, was this difficult to write? Was it because you are well, remembering well as you, as you as i said movies it's written like a movie movies it's like little short subjects mm-hmm. these are all moments as i remember and then became a short a few paragraphs so it's a book of short stories yeah in a sense and, and incredibly lively short stories too uh 
There's another book in you, is there not? Yes, I'm working on one right now. <laughs> but that's all personal friends, and it's called The Crazies. Oh. Well, and my friends a, are a, crazy. A big chapter on John Himmel in there, then? <laughs> John, you're John listening. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, talk to me. Interview me about it. And then I'm getting I have calls from two producers that want to do a documentary on my life and the book, which I think is cool. Canadian company and an American company. So this, who knows, this may be a documentary. I think it would make a great documentary. And then I've got the podcast, which is really, you've got to, you've got to listen to the podcast, because now we're doing it on video as well. People said, well, why can't I see you as well? I said, okay, now the podcast, which is called Nose to Nose, because I do with a kid who has a big nose, and i got a big nose. <laughs> so, and the idea is having a 26-year-old talking to a God knows how old I am person about movies or sex or whatever we talk about. And it's really funny. So now we've made it into a video since people said, well, we want to see you. So now you see us. But what do you call a podcast that's a video? Do you know, is there a Krista? Word? Is there such a word? What is a podcast that's a video? Yeah. A vidcast? Uh, Ours is called Nose to Nose, but I, I, I don't know what you're going to call, what you call it. And these are the two most talented people here. They would know everything. We'll figure it out. You've coined, you've invent, huh? You've invented something new. You've okay, invented cool. something new. The, uh, one of the, the other hallmarks of you, uh, Michael is you were not you were not a fanboy. No, I know I'm not. I have great you, respect. If I dealt with Steven Spielberg or any or Sophia Lauren, I'm a respectful star person. I mean, yes, yeah. I have to deal with stars all the time, but I, I I'm not. No, I'm not a fanboy. Whatever you call them. Yeah, I mean, you have great affection for many of the stars right. you met. Someone like Sophia Loren. I think I think that's why they trust you. you yeah, because you're not one of those crazies. It's like when Lauren Bacall, who was not very happy here at the festival, <laughs> when she was being, uh, she had um, autograph seekers racing to the limo. She said, "Get them away from me! Get them away from me! Those hairdressers! What do they think I am, Angela Lansbury?" <laughs> <laughs> and they were fan people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was one. She of was the, angry, angry lady, but fun. Well, you when you get her off. alone, she's fun. You get them away from the cameras. Yeah. They're real people that have problems and personal personal well, that's, anxieties. That's one of the things about it. You you did get to know them. I yes. mean, you have a wonderful story in here about Clint Eastwood when he came to Chicago. And he and his family stayed <laughs> yes, at the at the brand new Park Hyatt, the Park and, then, Hyatt. and he loved it so much that they later came back they and came paid back. for the rooms themselves. They for did, goodness and I sake. think he came back with a different wife. Then I think <laughs> well, too. that happens. You, you know, know Hollywood. <laughs> uh, we got to take a little break. We're keeping uh, we're keeping Michael Kutza all the way till 630. Uh, again, the title of the book, which you can get anywhere. Go online. Starstruck, How I Magically Transformed Chicago into Hollywood for more than 50 years. And Libby York, the great singer, is coming in here. Huh. She'll sit here and meet Michael and we'll carry on like a cool. cocktail party. We'll be back. Michael Kutz and I are talking about uh, all things. <laughs> you could literally talk about his book, Starstruck, How I Magically Transformed Chicago into Hollywood for more than 50 years. You Literally, we could talk about this book for the next three days. Richard J. Daly, Michael Kutz, what was your relationship with him like? So after my, my, my dad died, I needed money because dad was paying for it because I was going to become the doctor. So I went. I decided, okay, I have nothing to lose. I want to meet the man who runs Chicago, and Mayor Daly. I have no problems meeting this guy. Uh, I went to his office with a couple, a couple of board members, and I said, I need help. I need 
place to do the festival. I need theaters. I need hotels. I need all these different things. And I've got a lot of ideas. And he was amused by me, I think. <laughs> he's like the new father figure. I got Colleen is my new mother figure. I got a yeah. new father here. And he, he turns to Frank Sullivan, his, his PR sure, guy or whatever. Sure. And he says, give the kid McCormick Place. And I said, I'm saying, I don't want McCormick. Give the kid McCormick Place. He said, it's far away. Yeah. I, got, I got McCormick Place. And then I said, give him the hotels. Get him what he needs. And Daly looks at me and says, just remember, don't ever put my name on anything. Because those films that you show can lose me votes. And I said, you are absolutely right. Because yeah. remember, we have Shoot to Kill and Medium Cool sure. and Haskell Wexler and all sure. that. Sure. Yeah. But that's interesting because he is he is seen as not a big booster of local filmmaking here. I mean, it, well, Frank, it took... Frank and I worked on building the Chicago Film Office. Yeah. But I got to tell you, the funniest thing, because today was that bicycle thing on, on, sure, on Lakeshore Drive, Drive sure. whatever you want to call Lakeshore Drive right now. <laughs> Uh, so a big sign cost $2.5 million to change all those signs. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, I recommended to promote the festival and all. Let's, let's close the outer drive and have roller skating from end to end because roller skating came from Chicago. Chicago yeah. roller skating. Yeah. And this guy in the office said, absolutely not. The potholes will kill them. <laughs> and today, right now, the potholes. This is how many? This is sixty years yeah. later. The potholes are still there. <laughs> what was your relationship like with uh, with that mayor who seemed to enjoy the film business, Jane Byrne? I love Jane. Jane, she understood me all the way, and she understood what it meant to have films made A- absolutely. in Chicago. And I said, "Let's do films in the park. Let's create something new. We could all have movies in five different parks." She loved it. We did films in the park until it became too dangerous yeah. at night, and then uh, and then we did we did all kinds of stuff together. We promoted films in every way, making films in Chicago. Was a, a famous picture of she and her daughter Kathy. Smoking cigarettes with John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd when the Blues Brothers was filming here. And that's when I first met Frank Sinatra at Chicago Fest, I think it was. Yeah. Wonderful Chicago Fest. Wow. But she she gave us grants through her um, special events department. Yeah. Um, She understood the whole whole idea of tourism, come to the festival, put us on the international scale. She got it. Harold Washington didn't really care. Uh, Who else is there? Belandic. He he and he and his wife loved the idea. Yeah, Heather. And I wanted Heather. to build a theater at Navy Pier. And his wife, I forgot her name. Heather. Heather Belandic. She said, "Absolutely. Let's well, let's figure out how to do that." And I wanted to do IMAX, but they didn't understand what IMAX was. It was wow. just being invented. Wow, wow. So then, the city, the yeah. city. What about uh, Richard M. Daly? Richard didn't like me. Why? Well, you know, it was actually because, uh, well, I've got such a long story. I, I, a special events person wanted, to, she didn't like me. And I helped put her there, but she didn't. She sort of turned and she says, I think the festival should be run by me. And it was that kind of a thing. And then she turned him on me against me. So, I mean, if oh, I say, if I see Rich today at, at RL or something, Mike, nobody calls me Mike. <laughs> Mike, how are you? <laughs> and you say I'm fine. Rich. How do politicians remember names? It's an art. It, it, there's some. I can't art remember form your name. I'm sitting well, here with you. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> the best at that I've ever seen uh, was uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, you have. You're still. You still keep. You, you have formed. Uh, 
close relationships with so many of these people. You had one of the closest, I believe, had to be with the great photographer, Victor Scribner. Abs- absolutely. Victor, I met Victor. There's a wonderful chapter about Victor. I met and Giovanna. And Giovanna. And Just Ida to prove Burke that I've read your book. Yeah. Oh, my God. And how I, I needed to make the festival sexier or do something. I, I came back from Cannes, and I think the 66... I didn't know what to do because we couldn't get people interested in seeing foreign films. And I came back and I said, well, you know, Cannes has naked girls jumping in fountains and plus all the serious films. <laughs> so I, I read about Victor as his fashion photographer in the Chicago Tribune mm-hmm. and tried to meet him at this compound, which was ruled right. by this woman, yeah, Giovanna. Giovanna. And, her, and her middle name was No, <laughs> right? You cannot walk in the door, go away, because she thinks you're a model. <laughs> And I eventually got to Victor by the the other lady that ran the place, Ida Burke, who worked with Mae West. Oh wow! On Broadway in the show called Sex. Ah. She went to jail with Mae when the show was. They all went to jail. So Ida said, "I'll. I think you should meet Victor." So, but first she took me to lunch at the pump room and she learned all about me to see if I could be trusted. Then she set me up with Victor, and then I said, "Victor, the festival needs to be made sexy," and it took him about a few weeks. And he said, I got an idea. He was Mr. Skribneski, by the way. Yeah. And then we became Victor and became really close friends. Yeah. To the day he died, actually. Well, he did. He made some, I mean, the posters for the International Exactly. They made us world famous. Iconic. Uh, and, and Dolph Lundgren. I brought, and, I brought every every director I could think of, a star over there, so he could be photographed. So, yeah. it was, you know, it was a quid pro quo, as we say. Like, oh, 50 years is a long time. 55, actually. <laughs> Did you simply want to move on to other things, or was it the changing in the in the movie industry, or or what has compelled well, I, you, you, or you so, just wanted to write a memoir? I always wanted to. Everyone kept saying you've got to put these stories down before yeah. you forget them. Right. You know? um, I should have left. I should have left at the fiftieth. It would have been the right time, you know. Mm-hmm. But offers in the early years were to move to Hollywood and work on films. All of those things. I said, I cannot leave the festival. I can't. Remember, I was offered the job from you. You were offered the job Jeff, when Aaron, Jeffrey Jacobs and Saul Foos. They said, "I want you to do film reviews three times a week." This is before there was a Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, right. And I said, "But then I can't go to Cannes in Berlin." I said, "That's absolutely right. You must be here three days a week, right, doing these film reviews, reading the words you're writing." And I said, "I'm not a reader. Yeah, I have to read the, my review. That's not me." Well, and also, you mean? you know, in, in the wake of the death of Aaron Gold, who was a, a great, yeah. great I said, columnist. would you like to be the cause of columns at the uh, Tribune? Yeah. And I said, you'd have to have nonstop lawyers if you wanted me <laughs> to tell you what I know about the people in this town. <laughs> but you, you, can't, you can't have, after the career you've had and after reading this book... Uh, and those of you who don't know Michael Kutza will know him. Oh, God, you're going to find out too much. Will. No, I don't think it's too much at all. You're a multifaceted guy. And in many cases, people might just think of you as this, well, he ran the Chicago International Film Festival. There's so much more to you uh, that is in this book. And that's one of the reasons I admire the honesty, as I talked before in this interview, the honesty in this in this book. What do you think uh, of the film business these days? It seems to me about as fractured. What, what, what film business is there today? Yeah, right. You know, yeah. I, I feel sorry for the last couple of years. Can you imagine trying to run a film organization, whether it's Chicago, New York, whatever? You had to do it online because yeah. no one would go to the theaters. And now you're trying to get them back to the theaters. Mm-hmm. And boy, it would have been tough. Uh, I'm glad I wasn't part of all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
And I wonder, yesterday, you know, it was $3 film day or something. Right, right. I wonder how many people actually went to the movies yesterday. See, I am thinking not many. I, I, I people, would say, I agree with you. You know, the, the, the ability to, and I don't I believe in it. I think there's now, something. How, where's the business going? Okay, I, went to, I was in California last week to, to talk to bookstores and things, but I also wanted to see something. I wanted to see Top Gun, not on a regular screen. I wanted to see something that was only out there that Regal Theater has called Screen X. X as an X-ray. Mm-hmm. And it's like the old Cinerama days. The big screen in the middle and the side walls, floor to ceiling, are screens. Wow. And top, it's brilliant. And I thought, well, will this get people back to the movies? It was awesome. And I'm sitting there with four yeah. people. Yeah, I think, yeah, you have seen. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, one of the. One Streaming, of the, I mean, TV, I'm still watching Netflix right now. I'm watching HBO. I'm watching everything. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's hard to turn, get you out. It's going to you know? turn into a, a sort of something. I mean, Top Gun, Maverick did get people out. I and mean, Elvis did, and, and, Elvis and, and Jurassic did Park. Yeah, the biggies. Right, the big so ones. So let's say but that's what. Let's say we'll but, have a world like with the McClure Court Theater. That'll be it. We'll go there. Yeah, and we'll see the big movies and the, all these fifty screen roof teams have to close. Yeah, I, I don't become think hotels or condos or something. I think back so finally to where some of the early days of the Chicago International Film Festival and the Carnegie Theater. Which is where Hugo's Frog Bar is now. That's true. Uh, but the McClurg was special. Yeah, McClurg was And the great. Granada Theater, where we did the festival for yeah. years. Wow. Wow. So, and even the Chicago Theater, well, it was okay to work with. It's a tough, tough, sure. tough place. Uh, you must be... Uh, you must be very happy with this book. I, I would be thrilled that... Uh, I don't know who these documentary filmmakers are who want to make a documentary of your life, but I would... Uh, I would go to a theater to see that movie, Michael. I would go to a theater to see that movie. Uh, the book, again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming in, even though now you get to go to have one of uh, <laughs> one of the great <laughs> yes. dinners of all time. That is true. Uh, so, that is true. Uh, John, uh, make a drink and uh, greet your guest and uh, replay the show. The book is Starstruck, How I Magically Transformed Chicago into Hollywood for More Than 50 Years. You're one of the cultural uh, gods of this town, and this book should reaffirm that and introduce you to a lot of people. As I was saying before you cut me off right now, before you say goodbye to me, the only way you get these books today is to go online, whether it's... Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or Target. Well, I think, dot com, and they get it to you in one day. It is remarkable that even that has changed. It's like magic. Yeah. Michael, it's great to see you. Thank have you a, have so a, have much. Have a great, Thank great, so. great, I'm great. Glad you like the book. I'm I do, like. man. You said, look, did you read it? And I've got all these notes in here. Coming up, one of the great singers in the history of this town, Libby York. Stay tuned. <laughs> 